Hey everyone, happy Friday and welcome back to another episode of Kenda Traction Interaction. I'm Rob Schussler, East Coast Sales Manager for Kenda Tires. And with me again, I have my Midwest counterpart, Mr. Ed Kozan. Ed, how are we doing today? Greetings, everybody. Fantastic Friday. Uh, big things ahead, so not too bad over here. Well, Ed, we got another exciting episode today, and I would consider this one, I would call this one, I'm going to give it a title. I'm going to call it our Ultra High Performance Edition, and uh, excited and very happy to have another special guest with us today. Uh, this time around, we have Aaron Losey from Lone Star Drift joining us. Aaron, uh, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. Well, hey, thanks for uh, joining us today. Excited to have you here. And uh, I guess, you know, just kind of get things started off um, for all of our traction customers that are listening. Uh, for those that might not be too familiar with Lone Star Drift or maybe what drifting even is, um, maybe, Aaron, you could give us a little bit of background on Lone Star Drift, uh, you know, how long it's been uh, going on for and any back background or details that you can provide. Sure. I have been hosting drift events since 2004. Um, up until the current time, I was racing professionally myself for a little while, uh, but I didn't think that was the best use of my time. So I started focusing more heavily over the years on my hosting and drifting stuff. Over the years, it's gone, I guess you could say it just got more and more in se like serious to where originally I had a you know full-time job and drifting was my part-time job, you know, kind of a weekend gig. And then it took over my life, and that's all I do now. I travel the world. I have fun. Um, YouTube has become a big part of it, producing videos and content and stuff. Um, I have a few hundred drivers um, that come to my events per season. And then each event, individual event typically has somewhere between 75 and maybe 120 drivers. Um, so we go through a lot of tires. We do a lot of race car stuff. I'm typically in a race car no less than... 65 days a year maybe or something like that uh on multiple continents having fun so so it takes up a good part of your uh time for sure yep all my time <laughs> so ed you and uh aaron uh go back a ways right how how have, uh, how did you guys connect uh with the uh, the kenda brand so yeah when i came to uh when i came to kenda in 2019 last year um one of the uh, one of the first initiatives that was meeting with our marketing staff and I come from a little bit of a high performance tire sales background myself. I like to tell people I got my start in the early part of the 2000s working for a little mom and pop tire shop known as the Tire Rack and Tire Rack is known for being kind of the ultra high performance and race tire uh, kind of the go to experts and kind of the innovators of that mail order concept. So a lot of the education and um, that I have of tires came from working there as well as um, as well as just the kind of affinity for motorsports and, and road and a lot of road racing. I myself a little bit more of an autocross and um, that's kind of the interesting piece there because I come from a little more of doing events that were more um, high performance uh, like HPD high performance driving events uh, driver education and, and autocrossing. I uh, also did a couple of um, open wheel racing schools. So uh, that was kind of when I was a little younger and had more more time and less money, that was kind of the uh, my, my start into performance. So coming to Kenda, um, you know, is one of the things that I was told kind of learning our product line is our, our KR20A, 
which is has kind of a little bit of a cult following for um, among the people and the, the drivers that participate in grassroots level drifting. And from there was kind of my interest in auto kind of crossed over to that. So I spoke with our marketing team at the time and, and got in touch with Aaron and uh, one of our other drivers that we sponsor, which is Fielding Shredder, and kind of started conversations with these guys to figure out, hey, look, you know, in Texas, we're selling a lot of tires here, the CARA20s. What makes that such a uh, su- such a success and why do these guys like it so much? So you know, just kind of reaching out to Aaron and starting some dialogue around that. And that's kind of where it's taken off from there to learn more about some of the work that these guys are doing and some of the fun they're having with it and, and where it's taken off from there. So Aaron, uh, I guess when it comes to the Kenda brand and uh, particularly the KR20A, which plays a pretty uh, large role uh, within the drifting community and with Lone Star Drift, uh, tell us a little bit more about your experience with the, uh, the product and the brand and uh, how it's been going so far. Okay. I will start a little bit earlier than my Kenda experience. Um, I originally was working with Dunlop Tires and then Nexon and Falcon and a few other different tire companies over the years. Um, and with racing, we're always thinking about the highest performance, highest performance, but it was kind of ruining the grassroots scene. No tire company cared about the grassroots community. No one was ever trying to think about how to make a tire that people actually want to consume. Um, all the marketing dollars and all of the effort by the other companies was pushing towards the highest performance tire. And in drifting, a lot of people might not realize, but the higher performance a tire, the less you get to drive because a tire dies extremely quickly. And in drifting now, we are to the point in professional drifting that a tire dies in one to two laps. So that's a tire is only lasting 25 seconds to maybe 60 seconds of runtime. Um, and the, the high performance tires are incredibly expensive. You know, so like you're making the tires more expensive, you're making them last longer, but that's what you're marketing to people. And as someone that was hosting events, that kills my events. I'm actively making everyone have a worse time at my events. I'm actively making um, people unhappy, if you know what I mean. And then around 2010, I had been looking for a tire that lasted as long as possible, kind of, you know, this unobtainium tire that... I could form a relationship with a company that would understand this. I would get a tire at a great price. I would get it at, you know, the, the distribution we needed. All those things have to come together because, you know, one thing falls apart and the whole thing doesn't work. And I started sure. chatting with Eric Yang back in around 2010 and started working with Kenda. Um, and we formed a long-term plan because we knew a short-term one to two-year plan wouldn't work. We'd need to market this thing for a long period of time. Um, I tested them and they were fantastic. They had good grip, but more importantly, they had extremely long life. So now we're getting typically, I'd say around 20 to 30 laps out of a set of tires, um, out of like a care 20. And if the car has very little power, um, and it's not a super aggressive car, you you could see 50 plus laps, but that means you're getting, you know, 20 times the runtime and money out of a tire, which allows you to have a ton of fun. And since drifting doesn't have a clock against it, really doesn't matter how fast you are. It matters how fu- like much fun you're having. And at the highest levels, um, obviously, you know, racing, it matters how fast you are. But that's not, that's not who consumes the tires, if you know what I mean. Like right. professional racing is one thing, and then everyone else racing is different. 
Um, and the professional racers don't even necessarily purchase the tires. So they're not that important to market to. So you're marketing to people, but actively giving them the wrong thing, if you know what I mean. Whereas with Kenda and the grassroots scene, we're actively giving them exactly what they want and marketing it to them. So it's been a great relationship. Um, very, very seldom does a tire company work with the same people. I've been with Kenda now for a full decade. Um, and, it, you know, it only gets better. We only sell more tires. You know, we only get more drivers. We retain more drivers because we're not burning them out because of the cost and everything. So the KR20 has been and the KR28 both have been fantastic for that. Sorry, I, yeah, I kind of drone on too long. <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. No, we're, we're happy to have you drone all day with us. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I guess when, when I was hearing what you were saying, uh, you said something interesting and you hit on two key points that are very much intertwined with one another when it comes to drifting. And that's the fun factor, because obviously, uh, you know, this is a, you know, some people are doing it professionally. Uh, there's a lot of people that do it as hobby. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's uh, definitely the element of fun, whether you're an active participant or you're even somebody that's spectating. Mm -hmm. But the other piece that comes into play is time and money. It's that track time. There, there's uh, money involved with that. And there's also money involved with the tires. And I can tell you at the local level here, um, you know, drifting is a small community. I'm sure you know some of the folks over at uh, English Town Raceway in New Jersey. Yep. Uh, I was speaking with uh, some of the folks there affiliated with Club Loose. And, uh, you know, one of the things that they said they really love about the KR20A is that they can get probably about a full two hours out of a uh, tire. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I first heard that, uh, I know for our everyday consumer, they'd be very unhappy if they only got <laughs> two hours out of a tire. They expect a lot more than that, uh, 50, 60,000 miles at least. But, um, you know, in terms of time, the way that you guys gauge it, um, you know, to get two hours, uh, the way it was explained to me is they can have their full track time and, you know, not have to take time off on the sidelines there, changing out a tire, losing out on the time at the track, mm -hmm. but then also have to spend extra money. So that's something that we're real proud of with the KR20A, that it's a great performing tire, but it also allows our folks, uh, whether they're doing it professionally or for hobby, to get as much time as they can uh, and experience uh, at the track as possible with the, uh, the tire. Hey, Ed, I know that, uh, you know, we're in difficult and challenging times here. I know that you had put together some great things um, and you work very closely with a lot of our drift folks around the country on uh, numerous events. Uh, what are some of the things, Ed, you know, when we talk about events and, and maybe Aaron can chime in, uh, that are going on specifically with Lone Star Drift? Yeah, so a couple of things. One of the things that I kind of tried to do um, at the beginning of this year and kind of tying that in with, with working or continuing to work with Aaron um, is over the last, what I would say, three or four years, possibly slightly longer. But we have, we've been supporting, you know, we've been supporting that scene by having a really good tire at a really good price, having a, a winning tire that is the exact same, you know, that, that's not necessarily a specialty compound. It's the exact same thing. We like to talk about podium to pavement like we talked about on our uh, on our off-road truck racing podcast. And, you know, the podium to pavement mantra for us is one that is, is kind of speaks to the value proposition of Kenda where, it's not a, it's not an off the shelf compound. It's just, it's a DOT street legal tire. 
at the end of the day, the Kara 20A is an ultra high performance tire uh, that's, you know, made for just this readable vehicle. And it's found this really nice um, cult following because of the performance factor and the, and the bang for the buck, if you will, like Aaron talked about. And so what I noticed is kind of starting around SEMA last year that we didn't really have uh, so much an official program, which going back to a few years back, like Aaron was talking about that we had, we kind of got away from that um, with some personnel changes, et cetera. So I kind of took up the uh, kind of took, picked up the torch a little bit to be able to um, say, okay, well in 2020, let's kind of try to structure that a little bit more. And for me, it was kind of, talking to Aaron a lot about the success that they had um, or have over in uh, Lone Star and how do we continue to spread that message for Kenda outside of the state of Texas and outside of that region. So one of the things I came up with is partnering with a few select other clubs and um, kind of also with the, the Instagram account that I have for us on that kind of focuses on drifting and racing, which is uh, Kenda Racing on Instagram you know, kind of t took it from there and tried to reach out to some other clubs and form some of those affiliations. And it's, it's really growing and it was looking fantastic up until like the first week of March when uh, first couple of weeks of March where everything just kind of ground our, our nation to a halt yep. um, and kind of forced some plans. I've had some series partners that uh, we we're going to be doing some support of our regional events with that have postponed their season or have had to reschedule events. And, and uh, Aaron's kind of the same. I know uh, for Texas, they're getting right back on board here shortly. And Aaron can talk about that a little bit more. But what, my goal at the end of the day for us, for Kenda, is to con continue to evolve our scene and evolve our company support where, where it makes sense to continue to grow that. Because even for me, it's been a very much a learning curve that, uh, like Aaron said, you know, people are looking for, I mean, most, most racers are doing this, you know, funded out of their own pockets or with limited um, sponsorship support at this grassroots level. It's guys that are going out, trying to take it serious, trying to have fun, trying to be part of a community and trying to grow that. And I think that speaks really well to our particular niche of a brand is, you know, we're trying to offer premium performance at a value price. And we're trying to give a really grippy, really long lasting tire at a price that's still affordable. Uh, so you can go ahead and continue to spend your money on, on a bunch of other car parts as well. So to uh, answer your question about, you know, some of the initiatives we're doing now that um, some series and a lot of the tracks are starting to open up in limited numbers, um, you know, we're trying to get, trying to get back on track with that to continue the, the strategy and the plan that we had um, again, if, if this is of interest to you, I would suggest following us not only on, at Kenda Tire on Instagram, but again, at Kenda Racing on Instagram uh, also is kind of our main um, social media niche where we're um, kind of in touch with our partners and, and individual drivers and enthusiasts. So we're trying to continue that and uh, continue that support. I know I talked to Aaron a little bit about some of the plans that they're trying to do and to go racing and, and for us to partner with them to kind of support with some, uh, with some prizes and, and some of the events that they're, that they're doing. Uh, Aaron, anything you want to talk about schedule wise for you guys over there? We are getting back at it. Texas is uh, not a state that wants to be locked down. <laughs> they're, they're, they like their for freedom. Sure. So, um, and the race car drivers, especially, uh, we are not somebody that really worries too much about safety and everything. So we want to get back at it. 
Sure. Now, so with your your typical kind of events, so like just the the typical weekend event where you have that, you said you have like, can can you just give us a breakdown, like you know, attendance wise or any measures there as yeah. far as so I throw typically how many how many drivers would you have and audiences? I throw different types of events. So some of them are small, some of them are bigger. The bigger events are typically, I'd say, give or take a thousand spectators and about 120 drivers. Um, sometimes we'll spike Good. up for various reasons and we'll have, you know, a couple thousand spectators. And then sometimes we'll be doing teaching events. We might only have a couple hundred spectators. Typically we can't host an event if we don't have at least 65 drivers because of the way that I do prize pools and all that stuff, it just doesn't economically work. And we cap out probably mm -hmm. somewhere around 120 drivers because over that we're not going to get enough seat time and, you know, it won't be a pleasurable experience for people. Um, and then we also do demo events where like we were at Circuit of America this year and last year, um, which is a huge mm -hmm. F1 track, which is super fancy. And I'd say the crowd is probably somewhere around the first year, six to 7,000 people, maybe bigger. Um, and this time, you know, the crowd was probably somewhere similar, maybe a tiny bit smaller. I'm not sure because weather always plays a factor. Um, and sometimes I host things where we will get can't really think of anything off the top of my head but you know we'll have 10 to 15,000 people there for some reason but I'm just in like a demo capacity where I'm just adding to everything like a cherry on top you know because somebody else is and paying that's for massive marketing yeah. which I can't afford <laughs> understandable yeah uh, no and and that's uh, that I think really speaks to it because what I've noticed too in, in uh, you know with my experience with motorsports and and also uh, kind of again with kind of trying to embrace the, uh, the the grassroots drift audience you know there, there's a what i see there's a pretty big misunderstanding i mean at the at the professional level um for those who aren't generally aware i mean you you have your your top echelon of professional drifting which would be in the, here in the states would be formula drift and they have uh similar to i guess what's a relatable analogy like nascar you have your professional cup series and then there's a kind of a, a, a step down which is a formula drift pro 2 and then you have kind of on a ladder system, you have below that, then it becomes a, a piece of kind of, then it kind of becomes the, the everyman who is anything from starting off and kind of following a, a bit of a progression. And some, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, some people do have the professional pro two um, aspirations, but obviously there becomes a, a monetary thing. There's a big monetary jump to, to do that mm -hmm. pro level. So a lot of people are, are stymied either by timing, funding, um, car builds, et cetera. And, and some people, honestly, that I've talked to along the way that are, that are doing this, you know, they're just going out to have, have fun on track weekends. And, and you talk about the size of your community um, and the size of the people just attending these events. I mean, not to say that it's a party, but it is at, what I'm seeing also is there's a lot of community. It's a very tight knit family of, of drifting and enthusiasts and wives and girlfriends and husbands and you know everybody that's really kind of supporting mm -hmm. um that effort to have fun but it's at the end of the day i mean you have people that are spectating but everybody kind of knows everybody pretty well in that series too for the yeah. most part correct and it's it's a lot different than normal racing because there's not a clock and because it's so much fun mm -hmm. everybody's typically having fun and you're bonding with the people around you uh and drag racing circle track racing things like that you you feel like you're against the other teams. You know, you don't share setups. You don't share parts. You don't, I mean, like in drag racing and NASCAR, you definitely do not share parts with the other teams. Um, you know, with our no. guys, they share parts, <laughs> they share trailers. They, they're good friends. Um, 
you know, someone goes out and wrecks into you, you might become a better friend after, you know, a little bit of, you know, anger or something like that. It's, it's just different, which is For nice sure. because it's the only so, motorsport that doesn't have a clock. A lot of camaraderie. Yeah, a lot of camaraderie. Yeah, there is. And I, I've seen that too. I mean, I follow some of the other Facebook groups of, of people that are, you know, fabricating, that are involved in drifting, that are doing anything from, you know, kind of commenting on tire reviews, you know, and there's a lot of information that I've seen just kind of being mm -hmm. a lurker of these um, where people kind of talk about, you know, and I see it come up a lot like, hey, you know, what's a good tire? Kenda, 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 Kenda. I mean, it's, it's definitely a go-to in that community, but at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of people, um, you know, one of the threads that I saw too was, hey, you know, what for, uh, I've got about 450 horsepower on the car, you know, what's, what's a good tire size, what tire size should I have on, on a nine inch wheel? Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of that, but also it's a lot of information sharing. I mean, guys that are talking about, you know, what, what pressure should I run on this? And, you know, you start getting into some of these more competitive, like um, SCCA or NASA or some of these other spec uh, you know, racing series, these guys aren't really out necessarily sharing that kind of information because that's advantageous in terms of hot and cold pressures and things like that. So the, the, um, the info sharing is, is quite a bit different to see in drifting than a lot of other forms of motorsport for sure. Hey, Aaron, uh, for some of our dealers that are listening out there, maybe they don't know you uh, as well as they should from drifting. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, outside of drifting, anything okay. Anything you enjoy doing? What else does Aaron do when Aaron's not drifting? Ooh, um, I've been into off-roading. Is there, is there any time left? <laughs> yeah, I've been off-roading for a long time since I was a kid. Um, I ride bicycles. Off-roading is really fun because I actually got into cars that way. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just, it's a much slower thing. I'm not into off-road racing, like uh, trails and being in beautiful Colorado and exploring and going to really remote, cool locations, old mining towns. Um you know, really hard to get to places that haven't been inhabited in a hundred years. There's a lot of neat stuff like that in America. I do a lot of traveling. Um, in the last few years, I've been to Poland. I've been to Australia, South Africa, um, you know, Europe, various places, Japan, probably for almost a year's worth of time split up, you know, once or twice a year over the past, however many years. Mm. I got to go camping, you know, in the middle of lions and stuff out in Africa for two weeks, you know, wow. you're 15 hours away from the nearest paved, well, about eight hours from the nearest paved road. Uh, just a lot of fun stuff like that. And then drifting is just a constant adventure. Um, so, you know, for doing uh, really neat stuff around the world. You know, at Kenda, Aaron, we say uh, cool. that the Kenda product is uh, designed for your journey. So it sounds like mm -hmm. what you're telling us, uh, you've done quite a bit of journeying, and it's not just uh, limited to what you do with drifting, but with off-road, and you mentioned bicycle, uh, it sounds like the Kenda brand wow. has a, a little bit of something to uh, cover you in all of those journeys there. So uh, Was that a planned segue you planned? No, you know, that's a, <laughs> you walked you me just, into. You know, you just played perfectly into it. It just uh, played perfectly there for us. Um, yeah, you know, keeping in uh, the theme uh, podium to pavement, um, you know, Aaron really spoke a lot about the KR20A and how that plays uh, the role in drifting. But, you know, the nice thing about the Kenda brand is that the tires that you guys are using, whether they're used professionally or for hobby, are the same tires that the uh, average everyday consumer can buy right off the shelf. And, uh, you know, if they're not going to be going out there and doing something as aggressive as they would be with the, uh, you know, what we intend with the KR-20A, 
we have some other great tires as well. So the uh, KR400, and Aaron, I don't know if you're familiar with any of our uh, other passenger uh, tires, but the KR400. I have used the 400, yes. And, and that would be our all-season tire, which is a great uh, alternative to some of the other uh, tier ones that are out there and tier two tires, you know, the, the Michelins and the Bridgestones and Pirellis. Um, this will provide the consumer with uh, exceptional value. And, uh, you know, we put some nice mileage warranties to those tires, uh, as well as the KR205, which is a little bit of a, a dialed back version of the KR400. It's geared more towards uh, premium touring. But Aaron, you were saying that you've uh, used the KR400s and uh, how the, mm -hmm. what do you have those on? Um, I have them on a Skyline, an R32, and um, uh, M3, a BMW. Okay. And we use them as like a test bed for drifting. I probably tested about 10 or 20 of them. And they're not as magical for drifting as the care 20. I was hoping with a higher tread wear rating mm -hmm. that they would last longer and there would be something to it, but the care 20, and it's just some weird thing about that tire, especially the old care 20, the original mm -hmm. design. Um, it just dissipates heat mm -hmm. so well and it doesn't break down as it does it. And it has a great rubber compound, whatever it is. And just the construction is really good. Um, it's hard to duplicate something like that. And there are some tire companies out there that are, I don't know if you want to talk about that, um, that are, there are sure, some, jump in. well, typically all the large tire companies only worry about racing or, you know, drifting or something like that in the ability to market and brand. They don't actually worry about selling that tire to a consumer and they don't worry about testing sure. that tire or doing anything with it, which is kind of weird. Um, Drifting is just too small to really focus on that. You know, you, tire companies such as yourselves, we're a blip on the map and we're kind of fun to talk about and it's great for pictures and, you know, it's it's something that's interesting and fun, but it's not what puts the money on the, or I guess you could say food on right. the table. Right. I don't know. Um, but there are some very, very small tire companies now that are trying to develop, you know, drift tires that last super long. Um, and it'll be interesting to see as, because it wasn't possible, I assume, to have super tiny tire companies in the past um, that cater to such small yeah. communities. So it's it's interesting to see someone trying to develop a tire that's like the KR20 um, that lasts super long time. So that's all. It was just kind of a seg, not a segue, no, kind of a it, ranch in the conversation. <laughs> no, it's an interesting point, though, because uh, without getting into naming any names or anything like that, but I mean, there are companies out there and, and a lot of the discussion comes from drivers, uh, you know, kind of looking, you know, everybody's looking for a good value, right? Everybody doesn't have a lot of money to put into tires. And like I've told dealers, I mean, this is kind of unique where you have, this is probably the one form of motorsport where people are, they're consciously, consciously buying the tires in order to just, you know, shred them. They're trying, just trying to kill them. Mm -hmm. They're buying them to kill them. And, and, you know, there's, there's no complaint about a tire that only gives, Hey, this only got, gave me 20,000 miles out of a you know 40,000 mile tire or whatever. It's like, we're out here to have fun for a purpose. And as long as the tire is constructed and, and provides that longevity and the value, the performance and the grip, I mean, it, it, hit, it mm -hmm. hits on all those cylinders. Um, to your point, Aaron, I mean, I know there are, you know, and, and we're obviously like, you know, we are a full line manufacturer. We have everything, you know, automotive wise, passenger, light truck, and then we're kind of in a rare space of also offering 
motorcycle, UTV, bicycle, wheelchair tires. I mean, you name it, we, we have, if it rolls, we have a tire for it. And there's only a couple of tire companies in the, in the world that do the whole thing as far as automotive and light truck and all the other specialty stuff. Um, and it is interesting because, you know, some of the other companies that are like yours that are a little, maybe a little more focused, just we're trying to engineer and develop a drift specific tire. I mean, in fairness, the Kara 28 is not that it just happens to be a really, really good ultra high performance street tire. And, and I do credit some of the brands that are out there that kind of focusing on that niche um, because it is at the end of the day, it's, it, it's a small volume operation. And I know companies like that are, you know, they, they do their own engineering and development for this tire, for that audience and, you know, to try to make it affordable. And then, you know, they're, they're not really a true man. They're a tire company without being a tire manufacturer. So then you're still having to farm that out like a, a white label third party tire manufacturing, not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but it, it's, it's something a lot of people don't know that, I mean, there, there's a lot of tire plants out in the world. There's not a lot of companies that are actually, there's not a lot of tires that even that our retailers, uh, retail partners are selling. There's a lot of tires that, that go on there that, you know, you might have an ABC name, but ABC only exists, um, you know, as far as its development and marketing, where there may not actually be you know, a tire manufacturing, you know, just these yeah. small companies don't have plants. They're, That's they're going to be really tough out, for so. some of those companies. And in so, your favor, it, since it's hard for a company like that to think 10 years down the road and, you know, get somewhere where you guys have been around for a long time. You know, you are the entire whole holistic package of, you know, you build everything. You have arms and tons of different things. You've been around for a long time. You're privately owned too, aren't you? Yeah. I was going to say that just right. makes for a good combination of long-term thinking, which would be really tough. Cause even when Kenda got into drifting, it still took, you know, with a concentrated effort years before it became a trusted enough brand for people to actually start buying them in any quantity that mattered. You know, it, it took years, mm -hmm. um, even being a fantastic product. Well, you made, you made a really good. Yeah, no, that's true. You have to, you have to kind of earn trust. And, and also it's a learning cycle for companies. I mean, for us to, to develop a tire and then it's still to, to work with consumer feedback, user feedback to, okay, you know, there's still some tweaks along the way to make. Um, and you made a good point earlier about you've been working with Kenda for 10 years. And I like to tell people, I mean, Kenda's been a tire manufacturer starting off in small tires, mostly bicycles specifically since 1962 um, but I, a lot of people are surprised because automotive wise, we've only been building automotive when I saw automotive, you know, passenger and light truck, we've only been that piece of the business. We've only been doing since about 2002, 2003. So for about half of the time that Kenda has been actually even building automotive tires, <laughs> you've been on board. So, I mean, you've, you're, as we're sitting here talking, you're actually, you know, you're actually more knowledgeable about Kenda's automotive tire history than, than Rob or I are. So yeah, and that's, that's why we're, we're very happy when we can have uh, guests like yourself uh, join us for these uh, podcasts. You know, when I think about it, um, you know, we've been doing these podcasts sure. now for the past uh, several weeks. And I guess, uh, you know, the lockdown and social distancing and everything going on with the pandemic, uh, it's, you know, as we go through it day after day, week after week, you know, here it's two months that have passed. And uh, again, you know, we do these uh, podcasts to reach out to our attraction customers, uh, keep them informed of what's going on. I think we spoke about a lot of great things today with uh, Aaron on the call. But uh, I would also encourage our uh, traction dealers that are listening mm -hmm. 
head on over to Modern Tire Dealer. Uh, you'll see an article in there from our uh, VP of Sales, Brandon Stotzenberg, and uh, he goes further into the value proposition that we offer at Kenda. And we spoke a lot about that value today, but uh, you know, as a uh, manufacturer, uh, you know, keeping an ear to the ground and, and looking for uh, the trends, what's happening in the industry, uh, you know, we're pretty confident that we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. So May is a pivotal month. Uh, hard to believe we're in the middle of May right now, but as we get towards the end of this month and into June, uh, we're highly confident that the uh, business, uh, particularly in certain parts of the country, is going to pick up and that there will be a surge in uh, consumer demand. So uh, we anticipate that those consumers, uh, they're going to be gravitating towards value. They're going to be looking for a value brand. And for our traction customers, uh, the Kenda brand not only represents tremendous value to the consumer, but it also represents a great opportunity to make margin uh, right there at the counter. So uh, a lot of great things that the Kenda brand offers. And, uh, you know, as we continue through the uh, pandemic, we'll continue to put out these podcasts and uh, keep everybody informed and bring on more great uh, guests like we have today with uh, Aaron. Uh, I guess that being said, Aaron, any anything else you'd like to add or add any other uh, final thoughts? Yeah, a fun thought I had kind of because you were just saying I have a long term relationship with Kenda more so than even you guys almost is how many Kenda tires have you consumed from start to finish where you know you've gone like say you had it on a daily you consume the entire tire you took it off I'm yeah. still on my first set and you? As, as I, I'm on yeah. my uh, first set as well uh, KR400 I have consumed more than a thousand of them All right, Aaron. from start to finish on probably more than <laughs> 30 cars or something like that. And for my drivers in Texas that I drive with, I would say it's not uncommon for those guys to have gone through 500 each um, on multiple cars over, you know, a decade. Just giving you an idea of, cause like, I don't that think maybe a lot of you dealers, right cause I assume that's the consumer of this podcast. Um, we, you know, we have a very different for relationship sure. with the brand and the tire and when we come from saying like we want the thing to last longer, you know, a small amount of margin makes a difference on the tires because, you know, 10 bucks might not matter to somebody that's only buying four, you know, you know, every once every three years or something. But it's not uncommon for my drivers mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season to buy 100 all at once to get a bulk pricing and try and get the pricing down a little bit you know, and walk away with, as a consumer, a hundred tires sure, at once sure. and then go put them in their garage and, you know, use them throughout the year. So the drifting is a very different type of consumer that has a very odd relationship with the brand. Um, it's like Stockholm yeah. syndrome. No, thank you for saying that because that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yes, it's, uh, it's like, it's, it's not a love hate because we, you know, you, you yeah. love the tire, but you hate spending the money is, is probably the, the biggest pain point. Um, no, that's a great point, though, because I've had a lot of a lot of, um, I guess I would say, associate dealers that have come to me and sent messages and inquiring about, you know, how how can I you know get involved or, or you know, if you if maybe there's a there's a club or an audience in that respective market and people asking about dealer inquiries. And I think just kind of from an educational standpoint, too. Um, you know, in terms of the volume, I mean, you think a, a typical shipping container that's ordered from our factory, 
just you know throwing out the care the 20a i would say you know that's about 800 tires will mm-hmm. fit into a 40 foot shipping container of, of that kind of a size and 800 tires to a retailer might sound pretty overwhelming um, but if you think about it, I mean, like if you're saying, you know, you, you're loading up on group buys, I mean, you, you've orchestrated group buys that have, mm-hmm. that have sold containers in bulk before. And, you know, if, if you can find a group of, you know, a, a drift audience in, in this dealer's market to, um, you know, where there's some interest in the KR20s, I mean, you know, to, to order 800 tires, you think about it, you can get, you know, 8, 10, 12 guys together who can theoretically uh, a, a drift club, if you will, or a group of, of racers together, 800 tires sounds like a lot, but 800 tires to the guys that are loading up at the beginning of the season is, is not and really you know, one of my drivers individually has so bought three you make containers a fine just point. by himself over the last six years or five years. Uh, he does sell just them for his own consumption as well, but you know, he, he did it so that he could get the pricing yeah, good enough but, to do it. Sure. And then that's that's a fantastic angle. I mean, I think the 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 consumer of this podcast, which would be their associate dealers, I mean that that's great food for thought. You know, if somebody's involved in that and uh, people to reach out and grow the business, I'm always open to helping our dealers grow. I mean, if you if anybody has any questions, can reach out to me via Instagram at Akinda Racing or or again via email that Rob will throw out here in a moment. But it's uh, but th- there's good opportunity out there if if you can locate the audience and kind of understand and embrace uh, who you know the drivers and the track uh, and event promoters well, like Aaron, yourself. A- I mean, Aaron, there's I there's good opportunity thank you, out there uh, for spending time with us today. Uh, really appreciate all of your insights. And uh, Ed, I think safe to say we found uh, you know based on what Aaron okay. was sharing with us, I think we found a true uh, expert with the uh, Kenda brand. So again, Aaron, thank you very much. Appreciate you uh, being with us. Thanks for having me. Oh, oh, well, there Thanks, it is Aaron. again, guys. There's that five o'clock whistle. Uh-oh. So that means we uh, may have overstayed our welcome here. Hey, just a few uh, quick reminders. Uh, the month of May and uh, for June, we have a program, Double Dollars, happening. Those double dollars are on the KR600, the Kenda Cleaver HT2. Kenda, uh, a premium touring tire, the KR205. So both of those tires, the KR600 and KR205, are on double dollars for all of May and all of June. As uh, Ed mentioned, uh, if anybody questions, if there's something you'd like to hear, the next podcast certainly don't hesitate to reach out we'd love to hear from you you can reach us with kenda you can reach me at by email chusler that's s-c-h-u-s-s-l-e-r at kendatire.com or if you prefer and you're located out in the midwest and you want to close in you can reach ed at e z a n at KendaUSA.com. If you're listening and you're not currently part of the Traction Program, uh, you can find out more through your local distributor, your local Kenda distributor, or you can go directly to our Traction website. The address is www.kendatraction.com. Guys, thanks again, and uh, we appreciate everybody that's been listening in. We'll be talking to you next week. Stay safe.